Hello and happy Friday. This is Taya Lawrence, your director of flourishing, your fellow director of flourishing. I hope you've had a good week. Today on the podcast, we, you and I, we're talking about flourishing, of course. But um, earlier, in an earlier podcast, uh, I had talked about Martin Seligman and his book called Flourishing. Uh, and there's a lot in the book. There's a lot in the book, right? And so I just wanted to kind of delve more into some part of it today. So in his uh, flourishing theory, right, I think we had talked about, I did talk about, don't worry, I don't expect you to remember all this wonderfulness, <laughs> um, but positive emotion, engagement, relationships, meaning, and accomplishment were the drivers of flourishing. And today I wanted to just talk about positive emotion a little bit. Um, what is positive emotion? Feeling good, right? <laughs> um, and again, yes, he emphasizes that he's not saying have a smiley yellow face pasted on everywhere that you go, but it's finding the places in your life that um, that are good. And that you may overlook because, you know, there's everything else going on. Um, so, with positive emotion, there's the whole uh, thing about our thoughts drive our emotions, right? So, if you sit in your room and think, I am such... <laughs> such a louse, I'm such a loser, I am so horrible, I don't believe I send my daughter to school in 30 degree weather without a jacket, oh my god, I'm so terrible. You will feel terrible after you think that for two minutes, and if you think, if you think it longer, you will feel even more terrible, right? Um, but there's this beautiful school of thought that says that you can change your thoughts, right? So in whatever situation you got on the ground, you can change the thoughts that you're thinking. When you change your thoughts and sit with this new thought for a minute or two, by default, you change some of that emotion that's dragging you in one direction or the other. And when you change your emotion, you also are more likely to change your action because you know we do for most of us we do act based on how we're feeling a lot of the time um so it's changing your thought changing your emotion changing your thoughts which changes your emotion and then leads to changed actions so like let's say you had planned to exercise i know you guys are hearing an exercise theme in <laughs> in these episodes um but let's say you had planned to exercise at 6 p.m. But then 6 p.m. rolls around and the very, very last thing you want to do is actually get up and exercise. Because you're tired, you're hungry, you got to cook, you got to read, you got to help with homework, you got to watch the news. Oh my goodness. Um, you just don't want to, really. You heard from yesterday's exercise. But these thoughts, any one of these thoughts or all of them together are actively keeping you seated, keeping you from getting up, keeping you from doing what you wanted to do. 
Oh, and by the way, the experts say that if you really want to exercise, the morning is the best time to do it. You know, eat the frog and all that good stuff. I don't do that, but that's what they say. Um, <laughs> back to your thoughts. Um, the the thoughts that are going, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to. They are keeping you seated and you can choose different thoughts. So let's say that you, and you may need to say this out loud to yourself, right? Let's say that you decided to say, you know, I have exercised for 10 days straight already and consistency is everything. Uh, showing up every day is how I win this game. May not be the best workout of my life, but, you know, I can get up and do something. Um, I'm building habits that empower the rest of my life. How I do this one thing is how I do everything else. And before I know it, I'll be out. I've been exercising for 10 years straight. What? Um, whatever it is that works for you. Uh, sometimes when you're not able to come up with better thoughts, you might know someone. Like I have a friend who's like endlessly optimistic. I don't, I don't know how she does it. <laughs> but... You know, I might ask myself, well, how might Rochelle think about this? You know, and come up with some thoughts that work enough to get me up from wherever I'm sitting to do whatever I said I was going to do. But really, it's that your thoughts are the driving force for how you're feeling. And the way that we feel drives what we do. All right. Um, but basically, like the other thoughts, right? The I'm so tired, my knee hurts, I'll get up after this show. <laughs> They're like a loop that's playing in your brain nonstop. It's just like on, on replay. And if we're not consciously interrupting this endless loop, then you're going to continue to do what you've been doing and get what you've been getting. So, we're choosing new thoughts. And by default, choosing new lives. In, in the Bible, there's, um, you know, the it's in Philippians. It talks about uh, think thoughts that are pure and holy and, you know, all that. The message translation says you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. I like it <laughs> because I feel like it's so easy to focus on what's negative, what's not going well. And again, the point of this is not to ignore the sad, bad, mad, ugly parts of life. The point is that I am not so sucked into what's not going well that at some point I am not doing well because I have centered all, all of my energy, my time, my resources on the badness. Um, there's a book by, by a guy named Shurzad. I don't remember his last name right now, but he talks about, um, 
about gifts within the problems. And so a problem is only a problem because of the way that you're looking at it. I know it's like mental gymnastics. Um, but basically when you do have a problem, like we got a problem, what is your problem? Mm. <laughs> Whatever problem. Think about the problem, right? And then write down three ways, you know, enlarge your mind a little bit and write down three ways that this specific problem could be a gift to you. And if not a gift, at least an opportunity. But it's kind of pausing, hitting the pause button on the tunnel vision that we sometimes get with something that we've labeled a problem. And seeing seeing this problem from from a wider point of view and so approaching it differently because it could actually bring some good into your life in some way. Um, but I'll read that again from it's Philippians 4 verse 8 in the message translation. It says you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, and things to praise, not things to curse. Uh, along those lines, um, in the book, Dr. Seligman talks about asking yourself every day, what are three things that are going well? And then journaling a little bit about these things. And he's like, just start, just do it for a week to start with and then see how you how you're feeling how things you know how you're processing life <laughs> um, so this practice forces you to stop and see what is going well and to sit with it a little for a little bit to um, understand what factors in your life play into these things going well because you know we got 27 tabs running. We're ready to run onto the next thing. Something's failing. Something's falling apart. But somewhere, somewhere something's going well. What is it? What is it? So um, before recording this, I asked two, diff two people who just happened to be around me <laughs> about what was going well. And one of them, you know, said quick what was going well. The other one was like, I don't know. I was like, there's some stuff somewhere. And after digging for a few minutes, you know, she did come up with something that she felt was going well enough. But if I had asked her what was not going well, I bet she would have like come up with that quick, right? But because she spent so much time rehearsing what's not going well, then it's easy to come up with what's not going well. And and we when you when we haven't spend time digging, looking for the things that are going well, to appreciate, to understand, then we're just full to overflowing with what's not going well in our lives. And that's just not a, a pleasant place to live in. Um, and, and the other thing, you know, I, I thought that this practice of writing down what's going well it's similar to a, a gratitude practice, right? Except that in your gratitude, gratitude practice, the question is 
just a tad bit different. Um, because in, at least when I have done a gratitude practice in the past, my question is, what am I thankful for, right? And it's so easy, so easy to list things, to just rattle off things that I'm thankful for without... Like, you know, on some days you're like, yeah, I'm thankful for my family, for my health, for my home. You know, yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. I got a job. Um, but then when the question is, what's going well? It's a little different, right? Yes, you're thankful for your family. What is going well in the family today? What's going well with your health today? What's going well in your home today? So it's 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 probing just a little bit deeper and actually getting you to look, to see. <laughs> because sometimes it's easy to to do the gratitude. <laughs> yes, I'm speaking for myself. Yes, I'm guilty. <laughs> sometimes it's easy to 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 run through your gratitude practice. But I I think it's important essential for our well-being to to dig and see what it what is going well um dr seligman does say that when he even when he has had uh people who were like clinically depressed carry out this exercise for 30 to 90 days they rated their depression better after doing this consecutively um so you know it's worth a try, definitely. Because um, basically what we're doing is cultivating the positive. And it's in more cultivation that we grow and flourish, right? If we're just pulling out weeds every day, it's not, it's not getting us where we want to be. You got to plant and cultivate the things that you do want. And it's up to you. You remember, you're the director of flourishing in your life, right? It's up to you to figure out these things, the things that inspire you, the things that make you laugh, the things that give you hope, the things that make you flourish, and to cultivate these, these emotions in your life. Because you're cultivating joy and you're cultivating hope. A lot of times as uh, parents, as leaders, we imagine, right, that we want to pass on, pass on um, habits that empower the people that we're leading, whether it's at home or at work. But you and I know that the best way, the best way to to lead is by example, and so and so today I encourage you. I encourage you to, to to pause after listening to this. I'm about to round up. Um, pause and stop. And don't just rattle it off, but actually find a pen and write about the things that are going well. And don't forget why. Why is it going well? Why is this particular thing going well today from your point of view? Um and if there is a nagging problem, and it doesn't have to be a big problem, um, small problem even, humor me, <laughs> humor me and tell me, tell me the ways in which you can see your problem as a gift. 
I'm gonna come back to that one. Not today, but I'm gonna come back to that one. Alright, have a great weekend. Stay out of trouble. <laughs> and, uh, I'll talk to you next week.